so now we are getting into the five levels of five layers, basically, the Panchakosha. It's the same thing that I was talking about that we, I mean, example in the Shastra is given as, here we go. We have a small, tiny, we are a small, tiny divine spark of the, you know, called Atma. And it's covered by another layer, which is covered by another layer, which is covered by another layer, and which is covered by another layer. And the outer layer is a physical body, basically. So total are five layers. One, two, I guess there's five layers. So this was my brilliant five-layered thing that I was thinking about. So we are basically made up of five layers. And these layers are called koshas. Multidimensional person, the koshas, right? Okay. Sometimes the koshas are also called sheath, or you can think of them as layers. I some one of the Ayurvedic people, uh, doctors that I was working gave example of onion, which is a fantastic. Uh, example except you keep on peeling the onion there's nothing really in there i mean i i think you know those matoshka dolls the russian matoshka dolls there's a, a big doll and there's a smaller doll and then there's a smaller doll i don't know is it mastoshka dolls so the the smallest doll think of that smallest doll uh you know in that set of mastoshka dolls is the nesting dolls yeah the Mastushka dolls are the nesting dolls. The smallest one is the Atma. And then there's another one on the top of it. And that is nesting inside another one. That is exactly how our body is the top layer of that nesting doll, the physical body. And there's layers inside it. Right? And that's what these layers are called koshas. That's all, basically. And we use different koshas to interact with the uh, different stages in our life and our interactions with the world, basically. So the we're talking about the mastoshka dolls, we're talking about the nesting dolls. The the smallest one, the you know, right, uh, the the smallest one, the atma, the spirit is anandamai. The spirit or atma is what it feels bliss. It feels perfection. It is called Anandamai. And the one on the top, the one that we, the physical body that we can touch and pinch right now, it is called Anandamai Kosha, meaning the physical body that eats, basically. Anandamai Anandam literally means grain, one which eats grains to sustain itself. That's what it means, the physical body. And this, this physical body is incapable of there's a difference between, uh, I'm trying to think what is the English word for Sukh and Anand. There's a difference between Sukh and Anand. Sukh being pleasure. Okay. So Sukh is pleasure and Anand is bliss. Right? So, physical body is incapable of feeling bliss. 
it can only feel pleasure. For example, when we taste something that tastes really good, it gives our tongue a little bit of pleasure for, you know, a little while while we're eating that and, you know, savor savoring that taste. Or when someone has sex, you know, there is a pleasure, a little bit of pleasure that comes along with it. But when it's done, the pleasure is finished. That is not, that is, there's a difference between bliss and bodily pleasure. Does it make sense? body when we are tasting something or you know there's a sexual pleasure or whatever pleasure we are getting that is a body pleasure that we are getting it's a bodily pleasure bodily pleasure is not happiness does it make sense the body is incapable of feeling happiness body feels pleasure does it make any sense because you might end up explaining this to your clients body feels pleasure Body feels pain. Body does not feel bliss. Body does not feel happiness. Yeah, this is the top layer. Under that layer is pranamai kosha, made up of prana. So our prana, basically the atma or the spirit that resides in our heart is pumping prana through the heart. The Literally the heart is, an, uh, it, it is a massive kind of engine that is pumping prana through the blood all over the body, right? And when the heart stops pumping prana, that is also prana. But we are when we're talking about pranamai kosha, it is again, it is that layer, you know, where the blood is and whatnot. But it, it also again transcends. It's a little bit higher. It transcends our body a little bit. This kosha, we have the awareness, I, me, myself, and I need to protect myself. This pranamai kosha. This is our awareness, you know. We always have a survival instinct, don't we? Our natural instinct is not to die. Our natural instinct is to live. Even if someone has something bad has happened, we still have the will to survive. I'm in my head. I that's that song. I will survive that's going on in my head right now, the will to survive. So that will to survive, no matter how many bad things has happened, is the pranamai kosha. It is happening in this layer of pranamai kosha. Everybody with me? Jamari, where are we at? Is this easy enough? Right? We always want to survive. And this is where we survive because pranamai gives us that. Under that kosha is the mind. Manomai is just the mind. We have talked so much about the mind. Mind is so between the mind and anamai is this pranamai kosha, which is basically a prana or chi, and then the mind. And you know what the mind is. So, mind is this layer that is surrounding our entire body. Right, and this layer is your imagination, thinking, feeling, willing, judging, setting goals, uh, uh, thinking, and keeping sense and all control or uh, organs, taking decisions, whatnot. Right, we talked about it. Under that is vigyanamai, your intellect. Right, Your intellect, vijnana literally means, jnana means knowledge, vijnana means specific knowledge or scientific knowledge. Vijnana, my kosha, 
this is where your intellect, for example, I want to, I think Atul gave this example. I want to have an ice cream. Your mind wants ice cream. Your mind really wants to taste it, but you tell your mind, hey, you know, I have, it's not good for me because I have a cavity or something. You tell yourself and then your mind, your intellect stops the mind from tasting the, by using buddhi. Vijnanamai is your buddhi, your intelligence. And it also forms a layer around you. And then you have Anandamai, which is basically Atma. Atma is not from this world. Atma is part and parcel of divine, of God. It is not made of Panchamahabhutas. It cannot grow. It cannot die. It cannot get wet. It cannot get burned. It was not created. It's till the end of time. It's immortal. It doesn't even belong in this world. It is from the spiritual world. It cannot even travel by itself. It has no interaction with the material elements. So this, but it is capable of feeling bliss. But it is capable of feeling perfection. We feel pure happiness. You know, uh, I was having this discussion with my eldest. And, you know, you were just generally talking about that every religion has, you know, these kind of, including, you know, Hinduism, all of them, all religions have these fundamentalist people who kind of use religion to forward their, you know, ideas, and they use it to bash liberals and whatnot. And it's true for all religions across the world. But what is it about religion? What is it about, you know, like, have you, uh, like, if you sometimes go to a soul church, and the, you know, that the soul songs were goes gospels the you know the spirit has come you know what i'm talking about where the spirit goes in someone and they start doing all of these things to their head you know what i'm talking about in a in a people are doing soul singing i don't know what it's called exactly it's is it the spirit that has entered the holy spirit has entered somebody And they and sometimes when you're singing in a church or singing in a temple or singing kirtan, there's such a feeling of when everybody's singing together, there's such a feeling of ananda, happiness, bliss, perfection. It is not felt by the body. Like the body is not capable of feeling bliss or perfection or happiness. It experiences pleasure. It experiences pleasure and pain. It does not experience that bliss or happiness. When we meditate, we meditate from perspective of anandamai, not from anandamai. So when you start teaching meditation to people, you can slowly, you know, uh, in fact, I don't know if you already do this, Marion, you can take someone when they're in the, at the end of your yoga class, when you have the sukha, uh, when you have the corpse pose, right? Shavasana. You can start you usually teachers will say, you know, become aware of your body. Then you can start telling them to become aware of the prana, take them through the mind and vigyan, take them inside their heart and get them uh, introduced to the anandamai. Does it make sense? It'll be, this is a very way, it's kind of like your Alexander technique. No, that, it's kind of like a technique for going inwards. Yeah? You can try it. I would like to know if it, turned out good. So what is this Annamai food? And when you have little babies or a toddler, what is it when a baby, when a baby starts developing teeth, you know? Yes. Is it, it, it'll always be from gross to subtle. That'll be, yes. 
so when you have a little child what is the first the child uh it was a baby it was drinking its mother's milk it was being nursed now the baby has grown a little bigger it has started teething everything they will put in their mouth everything toy there's all these warnings keep these toys away from under 3 year olds because why they put everything in their mouth how does it taste how does it taste how does it taste because a child literally is that toddler or you know that little baby who's just teething is coming to terms with their body and the only way they can interact and find out what's going in external world by tasting it and they taste things through their tongue by putting them in their mouth how does it taste how does it taste how does it taste what is it i don't know what this is only if i put it in my mouth i'll know what it is because they're in the annamai stage is that clear if you have a client who is like if you let's say you know normally as we grow up we are not really in this stage but if you have someone let's say they don't have they don't have food to put on the table for themselves or the kids they're starving if you have someone who is going hungry at night and they're starving they will regress back to this annamai level the the you know higher functions will because this is survival mode for them does it make sense as the children become a little older you cannot get that you know four year old five year old to sit still they're always running around they would rather play than eat eating is not important anymore right so when in the adult phase we are when we want we when we enjoy moving and walking and exercise then it's good but some people you know there is an actual ad addiction to exercise also i didn't even know about this but i found out you know people can be addicted to exercise too i mean most of the problem with america and the west is that we are very sedentary country i was just watching a documentary about uh the lack it says that you know uh, till now the medical uh, profession they're like you you cannot you must lose weight in order to be healthy but now they're saying being thin or losing weight is not that important being fit and moving around and exercising is more important even if you're overweight or even if you're thin and you don't exercise you are still uh they're saying that you're still going to have uh issues with sedentary related uh you know health and diseases but if even if you're overweight and you're fit then you have less risk that is the idea so better to be uh better to be always moving so we do this naturally as children but as we grow up we don't we don't really move and one of the reason is think of the entire society our entire work is sitting in front of the computer right just sit or go i mean nowadays a lot of people work remotely but uh before everything was i mean go to work sit in front of a computer that is that is not normal if you that is not normal for life to be sitting all day for 8 hours is not normal the prana even if you're standing and just moving a little bit the prana will move right so kids are naturally in this prana can you get a kid to sit still that would be awesome
Now, if somebody is very high on prana, the pranamai kosha is way too high, then they will be obsessed with self-protection. Does it make sense? You know, people who are very obsessed with, oh, something will happen, I'll get attacked or whatever. There is something wrong with their pranamai kosha from the perspective of uh, mental disease. Manomai kosha is your mind. Think again, children, that child who was a baby, who was then running, now has learned to read, can read books, can watch movies, can play video games. And now they just, all they want to do is play video games or read books and running around takes a backseat, right? And most of us are in the Manomai realm because and we kind of take this realm with us. But in an ideal world, we should spend time in each of this layer. Let's say someone indulges in mind-altering substances. They take uh, drugs that alter their mind. Then this is the Manomai stage that they're working from. Then is the Vigyanamai. Vigyanamai means, Jnana means knowledge, Vigyana means specific knowledge, right? And this is literally a lot of facts about the world. This is science, this is philosophy, and this is facts about the world. Now, when somebody is only dealing with facts and science and knowledge without the emotional part, then they can become sociopath. A sociopathic behavior is you don't have any compassion. You just have knowledge. Vigyan is pure knowledge, right? So we cannot just work on this alone. We, this has to be with a little bit of manomai, with compassion and whatnot. And last and not least, I, like I said, we do not experience happiness in the body. Body only experiences pleasure or pain. Actually, body doesn't even experience pleasure or pain. That is also experienced by the mind, if you think about it. So body is incapable. Body will just give us cues. I am hungry. Give me food. I am, you know, uh, I am cold. Give me a blanket or a jacket. Uh, you know, I want to eat or body wants sex or body wants this or body wants that. This is just, it, it has a demand and we kind of fulfill it so pleasure pain that way and cues that it's giving the bliss and happiness comes from anandamai spiritual bliss coming from the place hey you know what i'm not even this body just being aware of it 10 minutes a day i am atma i'm a spirit the atma resides in my heart and you know meditating on that like i showed you if you bring your awareness to the center of the palm in your hand. You'll feel a tingling there, right? Imagine doing that in your heart. Bring your attention to your heart. And who lives in your heart? Divine. I, I told you the divine, the size of your thumb. It is in, it is in Shvetashwara Upanishada. The divine, the size of your thumb lives in your heart and your atma lives in your heart you don't have to go to a temple or a church or anywhere you can find the divine guiding you in from within all you have to do is call them it's, it's a very easy phone call what is the phone call bring your awareness to your heart put your hand on your heart bring your awareness to your heart 
you know, be aware that your consciousness, your best friend, God, divine resides in your heart and has been there from the beginning in every single lifetime, every single life and will continue to be there is the voice of reason lives with you. And when you die, will also be there. That sense of connection is what brings happiness, real bliss and you. So again, when you, when you, uh, you know, do these meditation classes, hopefully you will do some meditation sessions for your uh, clients. You can help them feel connected. And what is the biggest mental problem in the world today? Are we connected or are we disconnected? We are seeking connection on a phone, on apps. <laughs> it is so funny. I mean, we were dis. We were very connected. You know, people all used to live together as a community. We had bigger families, right? Then we became more and more micro family, right? And and then everybody goes and, you know, kids move out and they go live in different states. And then they only meet once or twice a year for, I don't know, Christmas or whatnot. We are more and more and more disconnected. And we are trying to find connection by finding friends on social media. But our best friend who has been with us for every lifetime is already living in our heart. Let's connect to that. So this is a very powerful um, connection. 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day, get your client started on it, right? <coughs> when somebody feels nothing and they, they feel very alone, and they feel very isolated or they feel anxious or depressed. I'm so alone. This is a very terrible feeling. It is heartbreaking to me to hear that. I said, oh, you fool. You are not alone. You have the person you're seeking, that happiness you're seeking is inside you. Just look. Disconnect from these phones and connect to your heart. It is heartbreaking. You know, that, that has anyone felt this feeling of loneliness? And I know people feel this.